0: Hey guys, welcome back to Podcast of the Day, and we are on a Northern Ireland tour again. It happens quite a lot, uh, and we're back across the 80/20 to speak to a coach that we didn't speak to last time, but also pretty excitingly, Ireland's national champion, P.D. Savage.
1: Thank you very much. I feel if
0: we had an audience, there would be an applause. <laughs> That's the moment where you could like yeah, get clapped yeah, yeah. out of the room. Um, firstly, thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thank you for coming. Because yeah. I appreciate we're smack bang in the middle of a normal training day, and you've just come from physio. Yeah. How are things feeling? Feeling good. Oops. Feeling
1: loose. Feeling, air, yeah, feeling recovered, ready for today's, like, an active recovery swim run day. So i will be feeling good to head training again hard tomorrow.
0: So um, you're going to hate me for this, because I'm going to direct a load of people to a certain video, but I've been hanging out here for the last couple of hours speaking to people. Okay. And I got shown a wonderful memory on Facebook.
1: I think I know what you're going to say, yeah.
0: Of the pull-up challenge. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Falling <laughs> off a pull-up bar, Yeah.
0: Is it was i remember that going around and it was about what six years ago five years ago
1: yeah five to six years ago okay.
0: well it's wonderful because you stack it off the bar but when you think about where you are now compared <laughs> to when that video was taken yeah. is it like retrospectively allow you to see how far you've come um yeah i guess
1: it does you know but i was trying to put it in perspective too that i'd literally like been across the, the gym like three months at the stage you know i had no real exposure to pull-ups and I don't even know what I was trying to do in the pull-up bar. I was trying to do a mixture of strict and kipping pull-ups. It was ups, brilliant. So, yeah, it was like, it was the
0: stricts was good for a while. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah, the went. kipping went all over yeah. the shop. And then your grip just went.
1: <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just didn't have the, like, it was just too stubborn to stop. And then, obviously, then inevitable happen and I fell off. So, yeah, I'll maybe share that memory again so people can see it. <laughs>
0: but. but it's... Um, it's not actually been. You, I feel like you've been on the scene forever, and yeah. you're Mr. CrossFit Island yeah. to a lot to a lot of people. But is six years in your mind quite a short time to be where you are?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess just sort of grown with the sport in the country. I guess you know it wasn't really that big six years ago. Um, you know, especially now with so many different sanctionals and different things, a lot of different people could have have places to make their name. But back then, it was only really regionals. And that was really how you know you made a name for yourself, or how you know you were known as an athlete uh, in the country. So, and there wasn't really that many people that had done it back then. So, I guess maybe that was sort of why you know the early exposure to that.
0: Do you think it's worked to your advantage? Um, yeah, growing you know, with the sport.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely has. But I think um, coming into it then and now, it's like I, th- I say, anyone could say that. You would know a lot of things of you know, say like injury prevention and different things. You just wish you were a bit more wise to some things back then. Um, instead of just, you know, coming and smashing yourself. But I guess it comes with the nature of the sport. You know, you grow with it and you learn, you know. So um, I think it's played uh, advantageous and also had its um, negatives as well.
0: And you came from a background in Gaelic football?
1: Yeah, yeah, Gaelic football.
0: I mean, at that point in time, how did that transition occur? We were speaking with Cara Hamilton earlier about, Mm -hmm. obviously, her football career and actually it had very little to do with her becoming an exceptional CrossFit athlete. yeah. Did you find any sort of crossover?
1: Um, At the start, you just get it running. You know, in Gaelic, typically, especially clubs and stuff I was playing for, what you do, you just run, and you run more. You know, there's no, like, it's not really scientific or anything, so we just did a lot of running and things. Does it help being big? Um, For Gaelic? Yeah. Um, It can do, but you've all, it's like, you know, different positions. It's a bit like, um, uh, you know, seeing in soccer, you have different uh, people for different positions, you know, so you can be more of a versatility type player because you can sort of play in the centre of the field or, you can play forwards or backs, you know, so... Um, but yeah, I definitely wasn't the one to chase after the wee speedy players, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's for different positions it was okay. Um, but yeah, so, no, it was a good basis for, like, you no know, engine building, and uh, I guess you were always running and always doing long running and short running, so you are always doing different kinds of training too, so... I think it, it, had, it had stu- stood in good stead, but I think Gaelic in the early days it didn't really have a great strength and conditioning um, history. So, it didn't really start off with that much. You know, It wasn't really until you became like 18, 19, or even went to like university and you sort of were more exposed to strength and conditioning. So, like, you know, squats or like, oh, you don't do squats because that's will slow you down. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, that was the mentality. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it wasn't really until then. So, it was a wee bit late in starting that.
0: And I bet in uni as well, it wasn't like if you were doing cleans or you were doing deadlifts, it was more about muscling up the weight than it was about getting.
1: Oh, yeah, no, at that like stage, I I went to uni, like I didn't even know what a clean was, you know? Yeah. I, well, I knew what Olympic weightlifting was, but, like, I didn't know the terms of a clean and jerk. I remember It even was like it. to
0: get the bar from the ground to the shoulders. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I wasn't even doing it at that stage. It wasn't until, like, the end of uni, until I was, like, 24 or something, I started doing, like, that sort of stuff.
0: Oh, so fairly late then?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really not that long. Not, not, well, six years ago, that was when I really started any sort of Olympic weightlifting.
0: It um, must have been really swift then between you starting and then going to regionals.
1: Yeah, it was within. T- Two years, so, or 18 months, I think. Um, Just sort of, it was lucky enough we fell in with a group of people and that, you know, the team was strong as well. So then we were able to progress on. And back then it was like, you know, if your girls had muscle-ups or could handstand walk, you know, well, not even handstand walking, handstand walking wasn't even in the open then.
0: If they could do handstand push-ups. Yeah,
1: handstand push-ups. Yeah, things like that. So that was the big difference. But now it's like, okay, how many can you do and how much time, you know? So it's just progressed rapidly.
0: Do you look back on regionals? with fond memories.
1: Oh yeah, no, it was great. Like the team regionals and stuff was really good fun. Um you were competing on a team. Um, yeah, no, I definitely do. It was it was it was definitely special. And then even especially the individual time I competed, regionals like you know, that was like the best weekend because I think people have often often asked, you know, what would you prefer regionals or sanctionals? Like obviously sanctionals are great and the opportunity it brings, but regionals you cannot replicate what that was. You cannot replicate, you know, that was the championship weekend for everyone to book their space like you know if someone had a niggle like yeah uh, you know they had to just you know get up and go at it that weekend no matter what it was you know whereas everything was on the line but now people can pick and choose their battles so like that was like you know the coliseum essentially you know for everyone yeah. to to go and book their spot so um yeah no definitely a very fond memories of 2018. Mm.
0: do you think that you obviously have that I mean, not to put you like up against Cara Hamilton, for example, but yeah, someone who's come into the sport a bit later and actually yeah. sees sanctionals as a viable way in. Do you think you have that nostalgia because most of your early career was a regionals career? Um,
1: there, there, there's bound to be a bit of it, but I think, like, I'm not knocking sanctionals. I think sanctionals are great. It's definitely a good opportunity. All those
0: sanctionals you've been to. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
1: I know, I know. Well, hopefully that will change, <laughs> but, um, that'll, yeah, that will change. But, um, yeah, I, I, I do think it will... It, it's a great opportunity. Just so many people. There's so many people out there who are top level athletes. It even got shown last year. You know, people going to the games and finishing in the top 50, top 30, top 20. You know, who never would have got there before potentially, but if they, you know, can still compete. You know, but it's just so hard to get past the re- regionals or wherever region you're in. You're quite limited. You know, to where, um, to to get in there. But whereas now it's much more wide open. So I think it is a much better system. But in terms of actually what the competition weekend was and what it meant to people, yeah. you know, you can't replicate that same thing, you know.
0: Do you think then, obviously, you haven't had the experience of the Games, but thinking ahead, do you think there's going to be a bigger jump than perhaps going from Regionals to the Games was? Because Regionals was such, a, like, a, a pinnacle of athletic excellence yeah, on one yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, Much more same.
1: Um Yeah, it's bound to be a jump. You know, you're against it. Like, first of all, you're against the top guys in your region and now you're against the top guys in the world. So... I think it, it will be a jump, but um, yeah, you just have to, you have to raise the occasion, you <laughs> know, so.
0: Let's talk about your sanctionals or lack thereof. Lack of, yeah. Yeah. So, how come?
1: Um, well, basically since, since 2018, I came away from regionals, bit of an elbow niggle, and then just tried to ignore it for a while, and then I was like, okay, went and got investigated and I had a like, torn ligament in my elbow, and I was like, right, okay, I need to get that fixed. And with that, so with the time of training for regions and things, I actually got a cordial injection in my wrist because it was quite sore. I didn't know at the time why, but that was actually coming from the elbow. So it was, you know, the same side. Yeah, and then it it was just because it was, the ligament was, elbow was unstable, that was upsetting my wrist. So that was like all of 2018. It wasn't until the end of 2018 I had surgery. And then coming in 2019, my wrist was still killing me, even though I had been in brace for like three to four weeks. And I was offloading my wrist, but it was still sore. So then I seen someone and they were like, oh, it's just, you know, um, uh, it's, it's just an overuse injury and I have to try and just let it calm down, which can't take anywhere between six to nine months. And I was like, for sake, if you not know, just, you know, just do something with it. But anyway, so yeah, after that, I was like, right, okay, I don't care. Like this year, I was like, all that matters is qualifying for the games, you know? So I wasn't going to go and risk it as a sanctional. Like my, my goal was of, was get to the games and it was a, now a viable opportunity. So that was from 2018, to the end of 2019 and then um, I wasn't really coming around again until February time, March time to start training again properly. Um, so then from February to October I was like, okay, I'm just going to do that and that's all I'm going to do and yeah, that sort of got me to the end and then after the open, elbow was a bit sore and uh, just I still get tennis elbow and stuff in it um, and things like that. So it's mainly just injury risk and injury prevention, that's kind of why I've stayed out of it a wee bit. Um yeah, so that's kind of brought me to now. And I guess just with the lifestyle, it's like, you know, the cost of travel, the cost of everything, um not that it's not really an excuse. I could do it if I wanted to, but that's brought me to now, whereas I would be looking to do sanctionals now, but the COVID nineteen has sort of knocked out. Yeah, it really has, does not it? So I uh, I think the first one I was gonna do, I had got an invite to Asia and I was like, Oh great someplace i never actually thought i would go and see and that was in january and then a few weeks later it was like okay this is not happening. yeah that is definitely not happening (laughs) yeah so that would have been probably the first one and i was looking at doing a couple of other ones but um well
0: honestly you just can't risk it at this point in time if you're going to pay for a flight
1: yeah exactly and i can't really see too many from going ahead either the way things are going you know the games is in doubt you know but who knows it just depends how you know, this time next week, we could be, who knows, many cases are going to be confirmed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just, everything's in the doubt at the minute.
0: I think we should put a blanket ban mm. on coronavirus <laughs> chats. Yeah. Because, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. honestly, I think it's, it's dominated life, hasn't I mean, it? It
1: literally has. Literally has in such a short space of time.
0: But I guess, I, the one question I will ask on it, yeah. and it's, as a, I guess, as an athlete, your entire year is built up to this one event. Mm. And everything you've worked for and everything you're training for is one weekend and that's potentially going to be ripped completely away.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, where, does, where does that leave you?
1: Do you know what? Like, it is what it is and if it's out of your control, it's out of your control, do you know? Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be absolutely gutting, but if it doesn't go ahead, like, it will be gutting because um, I don't know what they could do. Like, I also can imagine them canceling it because it's going to mess up the whole next season and everything if trying try and postpone it. So, and even trying to do the logistics of trying to get stadiums and everything, it's just, I don't think it'd be feasible. So, uh, yeah, just, it is what it is, yeah.
0: you know. I think it's just going to be one of those yeah. kind of well, look, things the, that you can't av- avoid.
1: We'll have all this fitness, so we'll have to, maybe I'll we'll get the first sanction a little about then. So, <laughs> it's not like, uh, they're not going to be happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, eventually, I mean, eventually. eventually, so yeah.
0: Okay, going back to the open, coming out of it, mm-hmm. few niggles, yeah. but overall, mm-hmm. epic open for you. Yeah. And to come back from, you know, a fairly serious injury. Yeah. Did you perform as you expected or did you achieve your expectations?
1: Um, I was actually, I was happy because, to be honest, I still didn't feel like I was at my best. You know, I still didn't feel like some of the things, I just, did, I just didn't feel like I was firing all set. I don't know whether it was nerves or pressure or anticipation because, as you said, I left the whole year, you know, not competing and mm-hmm. it was just like, right, I'm, you just have to trust yourself. That. Yeah, it's all bubbling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah pretty right. much. So it could have been a lot of that, you know, a lot of anxiety and things. Because, yeah, I'd put everything into the, that basket of being like, right, well, this is my chance and uh, I need to make it. And if I don't make it, it's going to be quite tough to go another year without doing it. Um, and it was also, I think if I had qualifying for the games, it gives me that like sort of carrot at the end of the stick that, um, OK, I'm, I'm qualified now. I can, I can justify everything I'm doing in my life, you know, even like professionally and work-wise. Whereas if you're just going about in sanctionals, and not just going about in sanctionals, but you're going about to enjoy it, it's, it's like, an
0: expensive hobby.
1: It's, it is exactly yeah. an expensive hobby. So I think this is kind of my way of justifying it to myself that, okay, you know, you've qualified the games. This is the, this is the golden ticket essentially. So it's like justifying it to myself that I'm not putting my life on hold for, yeah. as you say, for a hobby.
0: And you're working very closely with Neil Laverty, who runs the box, does yeah. all the programming. You do system programming as yeah. well. Yeah. How has he helped you through this period?
1: Neil's just great, you know, uh, he's just a problem solver, so whenever there's like injuries or whatever, there's always ways to work around it, you know, there's always different things, you know, he just, you know, he you comes in with a problem and he just, he just fix it, you know, um, essentially, in in different ways, you know, whenever you come to him like a schedule problem or whether it's something else or, you know, you're saying, the his injury isn't is going to ruin me like this much, it's like, okay, well, say you wrist and elbow, well, you know, we can get your legs stronger, we can do this, we can work on leg endurance, you know, and immediately thinking of actions instead of more problems, you know, whenever you're coming to someone with more problems, the worst thing you can be, oh, yeah, you know, you're right, you know, mm -mm, yeah, that's going to set you back this long, but whenever someone's actually coming to you with actions to start actually doing something, then that's kind of works around it a wee bit. So, yeah, he's just, yeah, he's just always been great like that, you know, through different injuries and things, and just thinking outside the box as well, you know, he probably does things some other coaches wouldn't, and, um, you know, we just, he just thinks I take the box a bit, you know, I think. You
0: know? Being, and I know people keep saying this, it's really funny because actually in the scheme of athletes around the world, mm-hmm. you're not massive.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for a CrossFit
0: athlete, yeah, yeah. you are bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that naturally comes with limitations in certain movements anyway, yeah, yeah. like yeah. handstand push-ups and, yeah, and yeah, body yeah. weight related things. Yeah. But then that combined with an arm injury and yeah. a shoulder injury. Exactly. How, how much do you think that kind of combined to make it more difficult for you to get good in those areas?
1: yeah Big time, you know, and I think that's probably why, you know, after playing Gaelic football for years, you know, you're doing a lot of tackling and your arms ex- extended and you're like, you're, I don't know how, how you say it, you're stopping people, people who run at you full force. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So and, and it's over yeah, kind of extending sugar, your shoulder exactly. joint. So, like, all them, like, you probably had small tears and that's probably the same from the elbow, too had all that from tackles and things yeah. I mean, you usually would never know until you start doing repetitive weightlifting repetitive gymnastics at like front, 100 kilos yeah. you know so um yeah that's definitely paid um i'd say um there have been reasons behind why injuries and things have, have happened um so yeah but that's again you know, it is what it is you have to just keep trying to progress them weaknesses as much as you can and just not get fixated on it you know i think a lot of people get fixated on oh i can't do this or i can't do that but yeah okay you, you, you not going to be as good at, at that, but you can be much better at other things and you can progress you know, what you're not good at, so that's kind of always been the goal, you know, it's like accepting your limitations, but accepting them, but not accepting them, if that makes sense. <laughs> accepting them that you're never going to be world class at it, but not accepting that you can't be better at it, yeah. you know. Do
0: you think that's quite uh, an element of your personality that's individual to you and your mentality, how you approach um, things?
1: Pra- yeah, maybe, you know, I guess you're probably just a bit, a bit relentless and a bit stubborn, I guess, it's, it's a bit <laughs> of both, I think.
0: So, Stubbornness is really good in this sport, yeah. especially when you're in Ireland and it's pissing it down, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> Just like you seen that pull-up video, I wanted to get to that 21 pull-ups and <laughs> it came at the expense of me falling on my ass, so, or on my head, sorry. Oh,
0: so, I have to show you this video. I will, yeah, will. I, will, I yeah. got shown it by Cara, so I have no idea where it lives, but Hello, I will find it and uh, I will post it. It
1: actually came out because there was about five or six different people had it and they kept threatening to put it online. And I just like ripped the band-aid off and I put it up myself. (laughs) I was like, here you go, watch this, have a laugh, thanks. (laughs)
0: Because what's really funny is I saw it and I was like, oh my God, I remember doing that myself. And I think I got like 12. It was the best day ever because I got 12. (laughs) (laughs) It was like really, I must have just been starting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Um, But sorry, yeah, um, back to your training. Yeah. And Neil working outside the box, Mm What has what he kind of, how has he got you from that pull-up video yeah, yeah. to where you are today? What We've
1: have always had inter- interim goals, you know, so whether it was like of regionals or whether it was um, uh, different competitions and things. Generally before it was always regionals anyway, then after regionals, 2018 was right off and then it was the games. So it was always like preparing for the Open. Um So in them plans, within that year or nine month period, whatever it was, it's always, okay, we're gonna work on strict gymnastics, work on holes, try and get really strong lats, You know, it's always a thing of just trying to make sure your shoulders are nice and strong because, again, just being that bit heavier, you know, making sure your joints and ligaments and tendons can cope with all that, then you have to keep them healthy too. And then it's like, okay, so many weeks out, this is when you need to start increasing the volume, you know, actually start doing kipping and butterfly chest-to-bar and all them sort of aggressive things in the shoulders, which maybe some other people don't need to think about as much whenever they're, you know, like 60 to 70% of your weight, you know, but that's just the way it is. So, yeah, there's always been periods of that, you know, it's where we're being periodised of, you know, strict gymnastics, holds and progressions, and then into sort of more kipping movements, you know.
0: Do you think your weight's helped you in other areas? Yeah, no, it definitely
1: can. Like, well, even in weightlifting, it's more so medium, it's like more so medium-heavy barbells. It's not really like my 1RMs. I'm not that kind of, I'm not a natural weightlifter. Yeah. Um, It's more just that type of thing. Like, row on wall balls, power output type things. Um, Like, ideally, I'm probably ideally built for a team athlete, you know, like sprints, intervals and go yeah. and power output, like that's probably where my wheelhouse is, I would say. So, but you're not
0: satisfied with just being a team athlete?
1: <laughs> well, not yet anyway. As I say, I, <laughs> I always kind of had this card at the end of the stick of getting to the games and uh, wanted to do that. So, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't have been satisfied until, until I'd done that. So maybe in the future, we'll see.
0: In what point in your journey did you set yourself that goal?
1: Of going to the games? Yeah. Um, I'd actually set it well before, like even actually in, in regionals 2018, if I hadn't face-planted on the handstand ramp so many times, like, I would have been in with a shout. Like, I would have po- possibly, if I had a, I finished, like, near last, I literally got up, face-planted the first step. Oh. I thought I dislocated my shoulder because oh. I, like, fell on face like this. I couldn't feel my arm. I walked back to the rig, and then by the time I got back to the rig, So it was I like actually, stinger, was it? like? Yeah, it was yeah. a shoulder stinger. And then we, we couldn't, my arm was like this, and then
0: by oh the time I got back
1: to the rig, I could actually tense and squeeze my fist. So I was like, okay, it's not dislocated. Everything's fine. I've my arm. So um, yeah, like I've had like a medium finish. It would have been not far off um, of qualifying then. And even before that, like I did think there was an outside chance with the events, you know, that I could have qualified that year. Um, So yes, even like, even with the old process, I was like set on it then, you know, so. Would you have been
0: ready that year? Um,
1: probably, probably not, but at the same time, it's difficult to be ready because what the games was even then, you know, everyone was doing the events. And it was more like swimming, cycling, outdoors. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was
0: the crit and stuff that year, wasn't it? Yeah, or, yeah. or was that cyclocross year?
1: I think it was cyclocross. Cyclocross yeah. yeah. So it was just different things like that that you that wouldn't have had any exposure to. So, um, yeah, I could have tried to be ready, but uh, yeah, maybe not is, is the answer. <laughs> but I, would have, I would have liked to have found out.
0: And, of course, the first year is rarely the only year.
1: Yeah, yeah. And especially
0: with how it was back then with the regionals, yeah. once you started getting to the level of yeah, podiums, yeah. you felt quite fairly confident you were able to do it again, right? Y-
1: exactly, exactly. So it would have been a nice situation to be in, but unfortunately not. It's damn, <laughs> damn half <hard>
0: <laughs> So with the season as it is at the moment, assuming everything's going ahead, yeah. do you feel ready now? Um, that, I mean, the thing is, it's been an extra year of a year off yeah,
1: yeah and yeah. then
0: a decent build-up into yeah, the... yeah yeah the open. Um,
1: i think to be honest by the time it, well by the time it hopefully comes round, i will feel ready like yeah if the, if the games was tomorrow it would be like yeah let's go do you know it's whatever it is it is you just go out and do it it's,
0: it's a very know. casual attitude yeah
1: <laughs> uh, you just you at the end of the day i think with any of these things it's, it's like accepting your limitations it's like as long as you go out and give it your best efforts you know as long as you know you've gone out and give it your best um, like what more can you expect and some yeah. some days it's just not it's going to be as good as others depending on recovery and where you're at you're training and things but as long as you go out and give your best effort so yeah if it was tomorrow and I had to go out and go head to head with Matt Fraser as long as I was laying on my back at the end of it even if he was finished four minutes ahead of me I wouldn't really care you know
0: how much is an athlete about their mentality as opposed to their ability in I your I think eyes?
1: it's massive uh, you know mentality really is massive especially in CrossFit you go out and do Say like even twenty point one the workout snatches and barber burpees you could do that workout in two different days and you could have two drastically different times like that was just how much do you want to suffer and how much do you want to go you know so if you you know if you decide to back off once like I remember doing it in the repeat um, to try and get like a bit a bit quicker. And in round four, I wanted to stop, curl up on the ball and die. Like, (laughs) literally, I was just like, I just wanted to stop. I was like, actually, I've never had such an urge to get in the fetal position on the floor. (laughs) But I didn't, and thankfully got 30 seconds faster, you know. And that was just through the experience of doing qualifiers and knowing that this is what it is. Even if it feels slower and and might not feel as good, you're probably on the same timer going to be faster. And that's also what Neil has been really good at. He always knows times and paces. And he would tell you if you're halfway through your workout and he doesn't think you have it in you. He would just tell you to He would just tell you. It's fa- I don't think it's ever actually happened. Um, <laughs> because maybe I'm just afraid of it. <laughs> afraid of him. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think it's actually happened. But he, he just always knows the paces. And whenever you're bought into that as well, you kind of know you know where you're at and you know that um, you, you're on course, basically. Um, yeah, he bit of a mass week too. So he's probably doing the, the calculations in his head or around six this time, this split time or whatever. So yeah, he's, he helps that too.
0: Do you think the fact that you've always had a positive outcome when you've redone workouts feeds into your mental state to do it again on the next one and yeah, the next one? Yeah, yeah, it does always get better for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. I always get, always do better the second time round. I don't know whether I'm just a slow learner or what it is, <laughs> but I have to f- sort of feel it out, and then the next time round tend to do better. Um, but yeah, as soon as you know how it feels, you know where you can push. Um, but again, maybe that's the difference then of all our athletes because they're maybe don't have some limitations so they just know they go out and push hard and do everything or sometimes I know I might need to back off on something so I can go harder at something else you know whether it's gymnastics in that workout or whether it is um, like even on uh, 20.5 like the first time I'd done the workout it was like um, the very first time i done it was like 13 minutes yeah and then the second time was like well the second unofficial time was like or third unofficial of time was like nine something was yeah,
0: one? so a huge jump.
1: Yeah, massive jump. But I literally went out too hard and blew up like really badly. Yeah, it needs to be could, really well paced to yeah, make that work exactly. So completely blew up. But then also I got hit with a penalty in that, so I got like a thirty-second penalty, ah. which dropped me down. Um, so yeah, it was a bit annoying because that was like sixteenth worldwide in the score, and it was the third time doing it. It was the last open workout on the Monday night, and uh, then to get hit with a penalty, and I was oh. like raging all over the. Over like half an inch in the wall ball target or something, they thought that it wasn't hitting the target. Like, and yeah. like Neil is a, like the best, yeah, word he's a rep Nazi, like that's the best word for rep him. Nazi. So, uh, yeah, he's uh,
0: that's how you guys met, right?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was exactly. a judge at a
0: local company uh, yeah, he representative nancy you, representative <laughs> nancy
1: you, yeah, if that's a word, and <laughs> um, yeah, he was judging me at Titanic Games. I was doing cross for like six months, and he was actually in a sling at the time, and he kept. I think it was one of the ones was actually handstand walking. And people were, you know, it depended where your feet came down in the handstand walk. So it didn't matter where your hands fell, yeah. you had, where your feet fell. And like people were getting, like all the judges were feeling sorry for people who couldn't handstand walk. Obviously, I couldn't handstand walk. I was doing like a wheelbarrow <laughs> with like except nobody holding your feet. And um, then my feet were coming down, and wherever the back of my heel hit, he was like, he was right in the back yeah, part, the so you know, putting me back as far as possible um and just things like that uh yeah so that was how I met asking people who is this one-armed person
0: to put it politely yeah but it's a lo- like it's a love affair isn't it <laughs> yeah, like yeah, how yeah. did you go from being like oh that ass judge to yeah. oh but mate do you mind uh, coaching yeah. me please
1: <laughs> um well a lot of the guys there were on the podium like the female side like Emma McQuaid and um, Victoria Elliot and Gail Komorski, and then Luke Ebram. They all trained in eighty twenty, and they were all being. I was only kind of the start of Hank Neil doing some programming, and then I just came down and trained with them. And whenever I trained with them, obviously I was just doing classes at the time, um, like one workout a day, you yeah, or whatever. And uh, like then, an
0: average person.
1: Yeah, yeah, but even then, like that's that's changed as well. You know what people are doing? In classes, they're doing more, they're doing more strength, and doing a bit more. You know, whereas the last, like would have just come in and you know done grace and left and that was it yeah you know or as like that lowlands qualifier was 30 calorie row in the 30 cleaning jar 60 to
0: start a workout off i've been told to ask you about that you probably shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah how many times did Cara hamilton beat you in the lowlands qualifiers she beat me two out of three how fuming were you about it
1: I was absolutely raging. Yeah, I was <laughs> Sorry, uh, continue your story. No, <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. Um, no, I'm like I, I, ex- I can accept the MVP by Cara. Like, you know, Cara's an ex- exceptional athlete. Um, And she's, I think I said to you before, she's only on the up as well. Yeah. So she's a very good person to go head-to-head with. Um, But it wasn't even that. It was more, I was more pissed off of how, you know, I just wasn't moving well. I was just... I started off the, one of the last workouts with like, box jump overs. And I don't know what I was thinking. I went to go as fast as I could for 60 box jump overs, and <laughs> the next thing my legs stopped working, and I was like, oh shit,
0: I've <laughs> totally
1: messed it up. And the way the qualifiers worked, you had to do all three of them in one day, and this is the last one. So I was like, I'm not repeating the one. Yeah. So anyway, I'd messed it up, but sure, you live and learn <laughs> still. But uh, sorry, I forgot what we we're talking about before that. I have, I have no idea. No We've idea. Moved, yeah, on yeah, moved on
0: to. Th- oh, anyway. oh, I
1: think it was about 80 20 and coming down and training. Well, yeah,
0: actually, very much. To the conversation of Macara, yeah. it's having that environment yeah. down here, and that encouraged yeah. you to exactly I you know, over.
1: and seen them training, and then just after a couple of messages, uh, got friendly a lot of guys, and then just asked me you know, it's okay if I train here, and then after, it was after that he actually started individualized programming. So I guess he isn't doing it that long, but like. That's the other thing about him too. He's never afraid to admit when he's wrong, and he would say even in two years' time how a program is going to be completely different from what we're doing now, and how what we were doing. But strength
0: conditioning changes, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: you're involved as well on the programming side, right? So like, you'll bring different assets to strength conditioning, and it's you know changes per person to a certain extent
1: yeah no definitely i suppose for my most exposure to strength and conditioning, condition well obviously from some football things and university teams um is mainly through this yeah you know it really wasn't that big in the strength and conditioning bar going to the gym and doing chest and biceps you know that was really what you'd done in it's your early 20s
0: exactly what you do in you yeah. if you're a man yeah yeah
1: pretty much <laughs> so uh yeah so I'm, I'm pretty bought into that um his sort of methodology and you know, i guess i've seen how it works and i, I like it so that's kind of the style of programming we follow
0: and how is that going that relationship as part of his programming business um
1: like you know grand like it's quite separate you know i have my own athletes and i you know sometimes it will come down with questions and things and programming questions uh, at the start it's quite easy with people but it's more so whenever you have them all wee while and you know hitting a wee bit of plateaus and things and uh, individualizing pro- pro- programming is tough to follow you know you need to be quite motivated like it's yeah. tough to get yourself going every day so it's getting people that good mixture, and you do realise it's about m- as much about managing the person as well yeah, as it is, it is. Um, actually the programming too. So as long as people depend on their goals, as long as they're staying injury-free and healthy and enjoying training, that's the main thing. But then as you up the ante of what competitions they want to do and how high level they want to go, that's when the risk factors creep in. You know. So um, yeah, it's just trying to get that trade-off of what people want to do.
0: How much can you rely on your personal experiences in what you're coaching your athletes?
1: Quite a lot, actually, because some people are like, oh, I don't want to train today, blah, 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 I can't be bothered doing this. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly how you feel. And I'm like, what, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, like, I, do, I do not want to train today. I'm just tired. <laughs> Last thing after the day of work, I do not want to go back to the gym and have to do another session, blah, blah, blah. But uh, there's some days maybe you shouldn't train. If you're overtired, you need to be very aware of your own body and sleep and things. There's some days, but there's other days you just have to suck it up and get it done. You know, and I think that's, you also need that wee sort of uh, voice in your ear telling you that some days, because sometimes you just, that's what you have to do, you know, just go and get it done and start feeling sorry for yourself.
0: And it all comes down to mentality again, right? Exactly. And, and that changes per person.
1: Yeah, exactly. What motivates people um, all completely changes and, you know, wh- what your why is, why do you want to compete, you know, and to be honest, if you don't have that reason of why, um, you're not going to go very far because... You'll just crumble eventually, you know. If you have really extrinsic motivation, I don't think you'll go very far in the sport because it'll only get you so far. You know, whether you're doing it for Instagram, whether you're doing it for likes, or whether you're doing it for, um, you know, sponsorship deals. Uh, to be a high-level athlete, yeah, you you might look great and make some great Instagram videos, but uh, to be a high-level athlete, you have to have that sort of. I think you have to be a little bit tapped in the head, <laughs> you know.
0: So, what's your why?
1: I, um. I'm just always interested to see how far you can push, you know. Um, I just always enjoyed pushing myself and getting the best out of myself. Um, being involved with team sports and things, you never felt uh, everyone. Not that everyone was on the same level. Everyone just wasn't on the same sort of commitment. If you know what I mean. So whenever you find this individualized sport where you put everything in that you get out, it was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, excited that you know just with the more success and things you have, you know, you have just family support, you have friends, and you have different things like that, and you just, I guess that just all motivates you too, you know, especially now since, say, since quali- qualifying begins, or even before that, it's just, you know, all that support and people they're there to cheer you on, it's been, that's that motivates you, you know.
0: How big a part have your family played?
1: Um, They're all just really understanding of, you know, what you do, and, um, you know, I work for my dad as well, so that's a good, um, good and bad things. <laughs> but you most team? mostly good. Um just in, in terms of like, you know, working things, like sometimes, especially now at the minute, I generally try not to be too bad, but at the minute I'm like, okay, I need to maybe take a bit of time, uh, you know, be a wee bit later in the mornings or leave a wee bit later earlier in the day sometimes, especially in double training days. Um so yeah, that, kind and he's of good at that. just be very understanding, you know. <laughs> so um yeah, no like I say they're all just very understanding and supportive and they just want you to want you to achieve your best, you know. So um yeah, so they're a uh, big, big help.
0: So when you qualified, what was their reaction?
1: Oh, they were just over the moon, you know? Uh, I was kind of weird. I was like, you know, whenever people are all around you and jeering you and stuff, I was just a bit like, oh, get away from me, you know, blah, blah. But it wasn't until it kind of sunk in and after you got your fish limitation it was a bit like, okay, just enjoy this, you know, actually yeah. enjoy it. You know, I'm, I'm a wee bit like, I don't, whenever people are just congratulating you or complimenting you, I kind of get a bit like awkward, I guess. But I just tried to forgo that and actually just relax and enjoy it, because especially just with the injury history and things, it's like, you know, God knows you're going to make it back to the Games. God knows that the Games is going to go ahead. So you just have to enjoy um, enjoy the process and, uh, yeah, kind of have a change of attitude to that a wee bit. As I say, it's a wee bit sort of unnerving. whenever everyone's congratulating you and things. It's like, all right, you know, thanks. But then I think whenever the, a few weeks after the Open was over and sort of settled down, um. It was, then it was like, oh, Filthy fifty was coming up. And it was like, oh, why were not you doing Filthy? And uh, people were asking that. And then I felt just a wee bit awkward. It was like, oh, you Irish national champion not doing the Irish sanctional? And that got me a wee bit. And then I was like, you know what? It is what it is. You're doing this for the best reasons of, you know, actually trying to get properly healthy and um, and things. And I guess the Open was just stressful too. And then I actually knew exam Sam Shirty, he did do it. And obviously we were very close throughout the Open different workouts I and mean, he actually stopped during filthy because he was sick and his glands holding up like you've only oh. seen him and his like, head golf balls in his throat
0: it was, so, it's a lot in a close space of time isn't it yeah
1: yeah um so maybe other people didn't have that same kind of uh, you know stress over the open, or didn't feel that but uh, yeah that's what, what i felt anyway
0: yeah and i mean tell me if i'm totally kind of wildly off here but it felt like this year meant so much more to you because of the injury yeah like you had that social media blackout didn't you through the open yeah why make that decision um just
1: I I didn't really have anything to share I was just probably like I probably wasn't in great mental state either because I was just you know a bit anxious about the workouts and uh I was just waiting to see what was coming out next and I just wanted to keep my head focused and not actually everyone else was doing didn't matter you know all they had to do it was kind of difficult at time we actually i think after week two maybe i think i actually signed out of instagram and logged off completely um just because i just wanted to keep focused on no matter what it is i just have to do my best and that's it and then i wanted to come at the end of the five weeks knowing that if i had done my best you know whether if i had been you know obsessing on what all people were doing or you know whether they're training this week they're doing that you know it doesn't matter. As long as I came to the in that five weeks and knew that I had done the best that I could, that's all that mattered. So I think that kind of blackout came with that. And then there was some scandal in the air scene of people doing different things and different workouts. And then that sort of added to that too. So um, yeah, I just wanted to stay stay off it all.
0: What do you think happened in terms of your mentality through that? Through that? Yeah, because... I mean in complete contrast. Yeah. You post quite a lot and yeah, yeah, you're yeah. so chilled about yeah. it now. No, it's very
1: very, yeah. very relaxed now. I get maybe it wasn't mind games either, but it was just like, you know, I have I, I'm keeping myself to myself, I'm locking down and everyone can share their training and their great lifts if they want, but my scores and things will be on the leaderboard and yeah. that's all that matters in the open, you know, and that's where they'll see it. You know, where people are like, oh, and they saw it. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of that mentality a wee bit. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't preempted. It wasn't like a square factor or anything. It was just how I wanted to deal with it. You know, yeah. and I guess you know coming through injuries, and especially earlier last year, um, I did struggle a bit. You know, being injured and being out for so long, and it was a qu- the longest layoff I sort of had after rehab. And I guess just mentally, there's just different things you do you just try and keep yourself right. You know, and. Um, yeah, I guess that was just one of them.
0: And now this road to the games yeah, yeah, begins. Yeah. Yeah. How do you even begin to start navigating the next couple of months, irrelevant of coronavirus? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, it's, it's obviously played a part because I did plan on doing a sanctional. Um, I have a couple of local competitions. i actually doing one partner competition with Ty Lawless. Uh, but yeah, training is just going to sort of keep up and and um, we're sort of training like that anyway but it's more so just making sure you look after recovery mm. you know and i'm dialing that a bit more in just making sure you get things like more getting enough sleep and i think that's really key you know anybody can go and train hard and go and smash themselves but actually recovering and looking after yourself and being diligent that's actually the hardest part so um yeah it's just having being really disciplined and um yeah doing every all the wee small things that really do
0: add up so difference big difference between open mm-hmm. games is mentally with the open yeah you knew that you could repeat and you yeah, knew yeah. that you'd likely get better yeah so yeah. how do you get that third open performance yeah on your first, first performance across yeah. the crossfit games
1: it's just different on the competition floor it's different you know um whenever you're doing workouts and you're doing it against people on there so yeah you do say you're doing workouts in the gym and i'm going against car or something. Like, sometimes be like, oh, sure, she's doing the female weights, this is heavier, other guys might struggle with this, way more than I would. You know, it's completely different, but when you're toe-to-toe with guys that are doing the same weight, exact same thing, it's just the adrenaline and just the buzz that carries you through, you know, it's, being able to do a qualifier is a skill, uh, and watching cross, what you need to be able to do, and then be able to compete in the floor is another skill, yeah. and you have to have both of them, you know.
0: Do you think that you lean towards the floor side more? What, what's well, your obviously my
1: history would say no because I haven't done that much, but um, yeah, no, I definitely do, like even whenever I went uh, I know I'm, I, I'm talking like a nostalgic because of what, I guess it was a year and a half ago, but it's not that long ago.
0: It really isn't um, that long
1: ago. But whenever I talk, like, think of regionals and things, you know, I didn't feel out of place, I didn't feel, you know, overwhelmed um, probably just when I was face starting in the down ramp, that was the only time I got a bit frustrated, um, but yeah all the rest of the times I felt quite calm, collected and um, yeah, just uh, had a job to do. I'm just there to do it. Um, I guess it's also a testament because my sister, she's actually a sports psychologist. So people are always like, oh, that must be great. Um, you know, she must do this and that. And I think she's just that good at it. She just has general chats. And,
0: and it, uh,
1: you just it through. Yeah, yeah, just knows when to talk shit, knows when to be quiet, knows when to um, help. And she was there in the back room as well. And I think just her being there was a big help. Um, yeah, would even throughout the opening stuff, I was talking to her a good bit and... And yeah, it just sort of helps, that actually did help a good bit through the Open too.
0: Are you coachable on the floor? Does Neil come? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, like at the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously the, the bigger competitions, is harder to, cause you can't really hear or see anything, yeah. you know. Um. But yeah, I remember actually local competitions, no need to travel to a lot of them and things. Um, and yeah, no, you'd definitely be shouting from the floor or shouting different tactics or whatever you could do to help, you know.
0: So. If people want to find you on social media, mm-hmm. um, where can they find you?
1: Uh, Instagram, pd_savage. Um Yeah, uh, there's no more social media blackouts, so you actually great. <laughs> uh, just after the support they've been receiving from uh, qualifying for the Games, it just seems right to sort of share your training. A lot of people yeah. like, are keen to follow you and stuff, or keen to follow your progress, so it just sort of seems like the right thing to do. I saw a
0: very cool quiz night happening.
1: Yeah, a big, big night here. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, it was a few weeks ago. Because uh, I don't think it would be happening now. Yeah, well, you know? true. Yeah, so it was a massive support too.
0: And importantly.
1: Yeah, the CrossFit Games t-shirts.
0: If you, where can we find where can we find these CrossFit Games t-shirts? They're if just, just
1: on my Instagram. So people are just messaging me and ordering them. Um, a couple of sponsors on it. You know, guys from Barnhairy sponsored it. SVM contracts. So two guys from the gym. From that, from yeah, there. one there. And my head's also a good
0: job on the old sponsorship front.
1: Yeah, and then in the back will have like system training and. Um, Eighty twenty, 20 and then also alzheimer's research uk so the goal is to cover,
0: exceed your expenses yeah, right
1: which to be honest I'm, I'm pretty close to doing with t-shirt sales and things amazing so i'm doing that so i'm hoping to do more charity events which will be just solely for charity yeah which will be much easier to do because then they'll be like okay this is for charity give me your money whereas before <laughs> it's like please fund my trip yeah, give me your whereas money before it's like at least you were doing a quiz and raffles and things and people were paying for do something so it didn't feel too bad at least they're paying to buy t-shirts so, um, yeah, so I think hopefully we'll have a nice check at the end of the charity as well.
0: Yeah, so that that's lovely. We are going to be doing a competition. Uh, I'm so sorry that I've worn it for an hour, but um, I might, I'll wash it. I'll wash it. <laughs> we'll get
1: you another one. Don't <laughs> worry. That's yours again. Okay?
0: So, all you have to do is follow PD on Instagram and follow Podcast of the Day on Instagram. And in a week's time, we will choose a winner and send you your PD Savage t shirt. Which you can wear with pride,
1: yep.
0: supporting the big man himself.
1: Hopefully if it goes ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've got to think positively, positive, and it's a long way babes, in the future. There's a lot babes. of lot yeah. of time to happen, but thank yeah. you so much for taking the time. Well, thank you very much for coming along. Um, it's really appreciated, especially as I know it's mad busy when you're trying to train for you know the biggest competition of the year.
1: Yeah.
0: But no, real pleasure. Thanks, mate.
1: Thank you.